This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It'll cause you not to eat your vegetables and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and no celebrity has endorsed any aspect of the show. D4K Studios in Columbus, Ohio. It's the good, the bad, and the geeky. Hey everyone, welcome out to episode 166 of the good, the bad, <laughs> and the it. Get, what? Redo it. You said 116.6. I did. I said 166. No, yeah. Three, two. I'm not fucking doing that shit. Do it again. Episode 166 <laughs> of the good, the bad, and the geeky. And uh, I'm Nick Nitro. <laughs> along with me, as always, you do me and John. Wow, you switched up the we order. Did, did. Wow, that's daring and bold. I waited. Yeah, way to go. And I you're listening to episode 166, the week of April 3rd, and uh, you're listening you're listening to us either on your fine audio podcast device for your made for your ear holes or you're listening to us on talksuperstation.com. <laughs> well, we have uh, how's everyone's past few weeks gone because we we've, we've been sort of uh, you know, been sort of had a little well you two have had a break. So let's What day is it? It is uh the week of April 3rd. Yes. Tuesday, April 3rd. I am on spring break. Really? I am. That is pretty I had a pretty eventful student teaching. I still have technically six days left, so I have the rest of next week, and then I have to go. My last day is on a Monday. On a Monday? Well, let me ask you, because it's been well documented on the show. Well. Well documented on the show um, that you've had some problems with your previous teaching you've not had fun you've not you've learned but you've you've also not had a pleasant experience with these the, whoever those individuals so are. so not pleasant that i will do anything to skip this conversation well no no what, I was, trying to, what I was trying to lead to John, was that anything that you would like to talk about what i was trying to lead to was I the kind of like past about your experiences how is it? your baby <laughs> yes i was and trying to talk about up. the previous you know what just turn your mic off for a second um <laughs> what uh, what I was trying to lead to, Nathan, if you listen for a second. Is she walking? <laughs> and now you made me turn off poor John's mic. Uh, now what um, are you going to do? Yeah. What I was trying to say, though. Am I back on? No, you're not. What I was trying to say. Mine's not on either. Mine's not on either. Either. It's just mine. Either, 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 so either. it doesn't matter if either of us talk. No, it does matter. because so Now you're talking to yourself. Okay. Yeah, I, we can still barely hear you. So I just got to talk louder. Okay. Well, I was trying to get to John since I'm. I'll talk to John since okay. Nathan's not listening. If, you're, if we're done with is it, I'll listen. that uh, being that you weren't you were not having fun before, you were actually having a good time with this. When you're learning a lot, you're enjoying the experience. Hundred percent. That is what I was trying to get to. One blink will mean yes. Two blinks will mean no. That's yes. I am having. He is a great. I had, I had a better time, and I'm excited to finish up. If I'm on, if I'm not, they have no idea what I said. No, that that's fine. I you're on now. You're on. No, I was just 
I was just trying to lead to that you're actually having a positive experience mm-hmm. now. You're very happy. You're very you're, every time Jovial. I talk, you are. Every time I hear a Facebook message or you, I text you like how stuff going by the way, you actually are like going really good actually. I'm doing this. I'm tired all the time, but I'm really doing this. Hmm? Yes. It's going very well. He, I'm very excited. I'm upset that he's it's going to having end, a good is time a good it's 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 going very well. Yes. It's going very well. You're upset it's he going had to a end good up. he had a good well time. You had a good well time. Bitch. <laughs> Too right. You, you, you did say that. Good well time. Good, good well time. Quite oh, quite oh, right oh. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad that you're enjoying it, there, man. Because you, seriously, you you've commented before that you've not had fun with your other experience. So yes, that's good. What about you, John? What's new in the world of John? What uh, new and amazing let's things? Let's see here. Today's April third. I'm actually going. I am in. Wait, no, I am. I'm going up to Cleveland tomorrow. Are you really? Yeah, we're going to a food show. Oh, to, oh, uh, do they have like uh, competitions within the food show? Like no, for best whatever. It's. I mean, it's. I'm sure they do. They probably have like a. I don't know. They might not. The only reason I ask is because when, when flyers would go to a pizza convention, they would actually have like a best new pizza or whatever. Oh, yeah, I mean, we were... this, this isn't. I mean, this is just introducing new products and you know trying to. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can go and order stuff that you already get. Introducing and get the fight. incentives and gotcha things like that. That's cool. But Which, by the way, for those who don't know, John uh, runs a little place here. If for those in Col- whoever stopped by Columbus, Ohio, York Steakhouse, which mm-hmm. you probably remember, York Steakhouse. Yes, yes. So and it's, it's awesome. I love if it. If you're from the East Coast, if you you're listening on the West Coast, you have no idea what we're talking about. Yes, but if you look up York Steakhouse online, you can mm-hmm. find a lot of information about it. Did yeah, you hear my comment about the new product that is going to be at the show? Uh-uh. It's going to be the Fifek. The Fifek? The Fife. What's it's the like Fife? a fork with another. Got five prongs? Prong! But I don't, I don't go to the you show. know what? That joke would have been great if you actually knew the word. <laughs> well, Fife is technically from his thing that he did. Yeah, but considering it's also know, part of the word. Oral interpretation. Also considering it's part of the word, you'd figure it's you'd... part of him. It, it's inflationary language. A shtick. Just stick. Yeah. So uh, that's good. Um, I've been doing pretty good. Thanks for yeah. asking, hey, everybody. Bro. Yeah. Um, I wasn't done talking, but whatever. Oh, oh no, no, no. Oh, yeah. sorry. What, what I am now. Say? It's okay. No, 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 no. no. Oh. Let's go back. Let's go back. This is your moment, John. Uh, we're going to have a good time. Uh, what would you like to talk about, Nick? Well, are you going to visit your brother while you're up there? No. Nah. Is he going <laughs> to come visit you? I mean, he's he's in Toledo, and we're going to Cleveland. So, I mean, it's... Cleveland rocks. It's still... It'd be a two-hour drive. <laughs> okay. All right. When you get to Cleveland, you go to Cleveland. You should go to Cleveston. Cleveston. Yeah, we've been there. Cleveston. Wait a minute. Is that a real place? Seriously? <laughs> yes. It is to us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many years ago was that? You were dating Amanda. You weren't married to her. Okay. You so got married April it was 18th, within two years ago. It was within... i say it was five years ago. Austin, yeah. Austin wasn't married. It was like five years ago. Yeah, probably five years ago. We decided to go on a little weekends i had a great last evening mm-hmm. it was very is that where you guys went to niagara falls or whatever no that was years later oh yeah. wait that wasn't Niagara. i did have a good time that's not that's not sarcasm yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cleveson rocked yeah i mean we actually went to the rock and roll hall of fame and oh you guys oh we just went up to go for like a weekend a couple days you know okay um drink was it where we stayed or was it just the place that we visited we didn't want to stay at our hotel because there wasn't really anything around we didn't wasn't anything around we didn't like it so we went to triple a and <laughs> did i didn't go yeah did, 
Yeah, yeah, we went to AAA yeah. to find just and why, some stuff to do. I think it was Wendy and Amanda went in, so yeah. Austin John. I would have never out. been the guy going like, Let's, where do I go? Yeah. Let's go well, to we AAA. To, I think they wanted to do some shopping or something, or we wanted to just... And then we listened to Mbop for about five, ten minutes. <laughs> just blaring with the sunroof open. <laughs> just um, because we, you wanted girl, just, we, we wanted to embarrass the girls when they came out at AAA. We were going to be yeah. like outside of we the car no dancing shame. with the... Windows down. You can never have no shame. Well, anyway, uh, long story short, too late. late, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Easton, which is around here, is like an open air mall, all these outdoor stuff. Yeah. They had a place just like it called Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. And it was in Cleveland, but we said, man, this is just like Easton. So we decided it's an Easton in Cleveland. A Cleveston. And now every time you see a Dix, I love Dix. Yeah, Austin, my brother. Um, no yeah, there was, there was a Dick's, no yeah, there was a Dick Sporting Goods up there, and like, oh look, they got everything up here. There's a movie theater. There's a Dick's. I love Dick's. Yeah, Austin's just like, I love Dick's. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's that's good, man. Well, I hope you have fun. I hope you. Is it just a we few did. days or just it... for a day? Oh, that's we'll nice. leave early and then. Come I didn't poop any tea. Oh, we're at, we're now we're talking about your. That's Niagara Falls. We're talking about your visit tomorrow. Yeah. No. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Be careful, though. You might poop tea or something. <laughs> I doubtful. You're not spank. We. Every once in a while, we have helicopter searches. That's how great D4 oh, KC well, is. How well protected a, we are. Yeah. Um. So if you like hear that, that, that's that's the Alien helicopter searches. Yeah. I asked for Evian. This is natural spring. Send it back. <laughs> well done, DJ Nate. Um. Well, yeah, well, we got a, uh, a great show in store for you tonight. We have uh, Jerome Wetzel TV along with my uh, self. And I believe, and I could be incorrect, I believe we have uh, Barb from uh, blogcritics.org or .net to talk to us about a number of things, including she is the author of the book Chasing Zebras, A Definite Guide to House from A to Z. And we'll be talking to her uh, right after this break. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner, rot your brain out, go to bed, lather, rinse, repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlast.org slash blog. Hey, you know what book I've not read in a while? What? Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. There's a few new ones I wouldn't mind having either. I'm busy a lot of the time, too. Yeah, that's why I listen to audiobooks on my iPod Touch. It uh, helps me stay in touch with the books I want to read and allow me to, you know, fit in between the rest of my responsibilities. That is why, for some of you listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. I was able to sign up and get a free copy of one of my favorite books. Catch me if you can. Hey, do they have uh, Horton Here's a Who? Let me check. Yes, they do. So if you'd like to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. What's that again for the free audiobook? Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky for your free audiobook. Welcome out to the Jerome Wetzel TV segment of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm your host, Jerome Wetzel TV. And with me, <laughs> with me, as always, is Nick Nitro, your regular host. Hello. And our guest host this week is the co-executive editor of blogcritics.org, Barbara Barnett. Hi. 
well, welcome out to the show, uh, Barbara. We're so very pleased to have you uh, on this show, um, especially because uh, I, I know you're a big fan of House, and uh, I too am. am, am, am I, I would say I'm not as big as a fan. I would say you could write a book on it, by the way. Uh, I did. I did. And what is that book called, by the way? So those out there can check out Amazon or check out GBG Podcast where this episode is posted, and check out our groovy link to easily assist them in their purchasing uh, craze for this book. Um, the book is called Chasing Zebras, The Unofficial Guide to House MD, and it is available on Amazon and everywhere else, and uh, on iBooks and all kinds of other places, too, but it's in paperback. That's that's pretty cool that you got a book published about, you know, about House. That's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. Well, I and I can vouch for it. I read it, and it was fantastic. So if you've ever been interested in anything about that show, I definitely recommend checking it out. What, what, what kind of cool stuff can be found for those possibly intrigued? What cool stuff can they find in the book for fans of House? Um, there is there there's a chapter for every character, um, starting House on down, and um, there is there are chapters on the connection between Sherlock Holmes and House. I interviewed a Sherlock Holmes expert for that. I actually also interviewed a psychologist who he and I sat down one morning over at Starbucks, and he diagnosed House for me. He had his dsm 4 which is the diagnostic book for all psychological disorders. Wow. Which, and we sat down for almost three hours and, and chit-chatted about what was actually wrong with House. Oh, wow. uh, there's a, there's a, an episode-by-episode episode, uh, guide through the first six seasons of the show because the book came out just before season seven, um, so or through season seven, but it, it stops at the end of season six. Um, very detailed, lots of fun trivia. There are, oh gosh, there's, there are chapters on the themes of the show, the ethics of the show, you know, what ethics are explored. Um, it's, it's a big book. It's 429 pages long. That's so it's a a very big book. That's 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 freaking epic and, and awesome. I'm going to say because I I am now so, I want to read this book because I want to see what is wrong with House because you know something's maybe a little off with the dude even though he's a wonderful doctor, but you know you know he is diagnosable with something. Well, I'm not yeah. loading you my copy. You need to purchase I, well, one. No, I, no, I don't want to. I want to. I want to buy it from Amazon. I'm I'm told totally serious. Uh, but 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 uh. uh I, I think I've asked him this before, or maybe he's mentioned it casually. Are you thinking about doing a second edition of it, or you're trying to get a second edition made? Or My publisher has said that if there's a demand for it, um, then we'll do, a, we'll do a second book. Um, and so that depends on people going out and buying it and say, ha, we really like this book and we want a follow-up. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where the publisher is with it, that if there's a demand for it, um, the, the publishing market right now for pretty much everything is pretty soft right now, but if there's a demand for it, there will be a second edition. Well, I demand it. I, I too demand it, <laughs> and I, I am also going to demand that I uh, empty my wallet to buy the first book in the process uh, at Amazon. Again, there's a link for those listening on dbgpodcast.com under the show notes for this, um, so please check it out, And because I know I, I'm a, I am. And, uh, but what other stuff, uh, Barbara, do you, do you do? Uh, I mean, because I know you run blog critics. What else uh, do you have your, uh, what other pies do you have your fingers in? Um, I've actually, I am a freelance writer. I am actually going full-time freelancing as of July 1st. So um, 
Yes, I'm really excited about that. Um, blog critics take a fair amount of my time, but um, I actually have just written two chapters for a book on uh, that's coming out next year. Not my book, but someone else's book on uh, on a completely different topic, which is um, spirituality and pregnancy. So I've just written two chapters for that, and I have a proposal for a new book. Again, something completely uh, different, and I can't really talk about it because it's still in. Um, but that's also very exciting. It's more of a humor book, um, and so that should be a lot of fun. Um, so I've got a lot of different projects. I do a lot of pu- public speaking and uh, hope to have more time to do that as of July as well. So I'm hoping to have be very, very busy with my writing and speaking in, in a couple months. Well, is there a so funny- Oh, sorry, go if anyone wants a speaker or needs a writer, I am here, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, is there a website where they can easily get this information or a Twitter handle they can reach you at so they can get this info? Yes, yes, yes. My website is real easy to remember, barbarabarnett.com. All right, and I'll put your uh, link for that on, on the show notes as well for those listening. If you want a quick check out, you know, if you just want an easy click on link, I'll take care of that for you guys as well. Uh, sorry, go ahead. And my Twitter handle is B underscore Barnett. Very cool. So, guys, if you want a speaking engagement or a freelance writer, uh, Barbara is the woman for you guys. And uh, and you and what, what, what do you do at Blockridge? You actually are the editor in chief, correct? Or, or basically, we have we call uh, we call ourselves or they call us Technorati Media publishes Blog Critics. Um, and and they call us uh, exec. I have a co-executive editor to John Sobel. Um, and Ron and I are the co-executive editors, but we're, we're the editors-in-chief, essentially. Oh, wow. That's pretty bitchin', man. That's pretty awesome. I... So we, we control it. No, um, we, uh, we have a lot of headaches. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> you have to deal with stupid writers like myself. No, no, if all of our writers were as good as Jerome Wetzel TV, um, <laughs> would never um, but we have we have a bunch we have uh, several thousand writers um, less active ones um, and we're always looking by the way uh, speaking of plugging we're always looking for writers if you like writing about TV movies music books restaurants travel theater whatever you politics um, stop on by stop blogcritics.org and click on the write for blog critics and. Um, we'll put you through our system, and if you, we'll give you a trial. And if you work out, you can be one of our writers. So we do that. We, I have a very active uh, TV column as well. Um, I write about House. I write about a couple other TV shows as well, and I write politics. So it's a busy life over at Blog Critics. Well, and speaking, and that's one of the reasons why we've had, we're, we actually have you on the show with us on Jerome Wessel TV is that uh, Jimmy, that was one of the first things Jimmy said when I was like, I'm thinking about giving you a segment on the, on the Good, the Bad, and Geeky, uh, you know, where it's all you and TV for the most part. And he's like, well, we got to get Barbara from Blog Critics on there. And he, he's very adamant about that. And I was like, yes, yes, let's do it. And, and we've then, just been delayed because of the Christmas break and everything. Yeah, we but, wanted to get you on before the Christmas show right. and because there was a number of factors really weird. And, again, uh, those individuals could not control that because they, they're very busy, busy you know, Hollywood people. So the long awaited. I'm not going to do a name drop. <laughs> Guess not. Yeah, but, well, but it ended up working out anyway. And, again, we, we've had this plan for a while. So it's so great to have you on the show, Barbara. Barbara. 
I am delighted to be here. And, uh, and Mar- but yeah, one of the things that uh, we know, at least I know, uh, that you write about a lot about is House and Once Upon a Time, one of the things that we would be hoping to talk about, and a few other things. But, uh, but Jimmy, yes. I, I keep... Stepping all over you on this, buddy, and this is oh, your this segment. Is this so. is your podcast. Well, it's so. my podcast, but this is your segment. See, I'm trying to. It, this is. It, <laughs> I'll let you take over from now. I was just wanting to make sure we got we got Barbara situated, resting comfortably with a cup of Joe or whatever her choice of beverage, fine <laughs> beverage is. Learn your stuff so we don't forget to do it later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, but I will let you now take the helm bit there. Okay. Well, um, I guess. Since she's the house expert, we should probably talk about house, this being the final season and everything. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you, I mean, I guess, was this a surprise to you that this was the final season, or? Um, People have been asking me about whether this is going to be the final season, probably since last May. Um, And I actually started asking the question myself. In fact, I spoke Oh, the end of last season, I interviewed Garrett Lerner and Russell Friend, who are executive producers on the show, and I also interviewed Peter Blake and Kathleen Lindenfelter, who wrote the finale last year, and I said, you know, is this the final, is this season eight going to be the final season? And they didn't know. Um, you know, everyone was sort of, well, we kind of have to know this fairly early on because... If we don't know, we you know, we want to give House a really good send-off if this is going to be the final season. So no one really knew. Um, I suspect that a lot of them suspected. Um, I sort of suspected. Um, I knew that um, this was Hugh Laurie's last year on his contract. I knew he was short last year on his contract. So I kind of had a sneaking suspicion um, although when people would ask me, I would say, well, I'm not sure, because I didn't want to be on the record. Do you feel like this last season's been pretty strong uh, in terms of completing the arc of the character and where he's grown and where he's going to finish up? Um, I think it has been to a certain extent. One of the things that I think has been, I just, did I just write this? I just said this to someone. Um <laughs> someone. I think one of the things that I felt is is lacking, has been lacking, I mean, I've liked this season a lot, and my columns reflect that, I think. Oh, yeah. um, one of the things I think has been lacking is that we aren't seeing things draw to a close. Now, I do know, because I do speak to the writers, um, and I just did an interview a couple months ago with Kathleen and Felter. And, you know, she said the final sequence, particularly the final five episodes, are going to be very serialized. So think of it as a mini-series. <laughs> That's my words, not, you know, a mini-series to end the season. So um, I think they're going to draw everything to a close. One of the things I think has been kind of, I've been a little disappointed in, is that um, House has not been very engaged with his patients much for the last couple seasons. Um, relying on its fellows a lot. Right. And we miss those great one-on-one discussions with his patients a lot. And I think it really adds depth to the character. So he comes off sometimes as kind of shallow and I don't really care about anybody. So um, I'm really hopefully looking forward to, um, 
to seeing more of that. And I've seen a teaser for Monday's episode, and we do have a one-on-one with a patient. Yay! Cool. Very nice. Uh, well, one of the things that you mentioned uh, that's featured in your book, Chasing Zebras, uh, was, uh, and it's something that it, David Short has never really shied away from, which is the, 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 the connection between Sherlock Holmes and, and, and Dr. Gregory House. And uh, one of my questions is, especially since Sherlock Holmes has been featured uh, heavily a lot in the media, thanks to the BBC series uh, or Masterpiece for here in the U.S. And CBS's and, upcoming series uh, and which, the yeah, Robert Downey Jr. And movies. Downey, and, exactly. So Sherlock's been a lot on the brain heavily, but at, under the Sherlock license. Um, and sh- everyone knows that Sherlock's number one, I guess, enemy uh, has been Moriarty. And for House, how does that apply? Was that ever something that David Shore, like, is, I mean, obviously, would it be something very medical or would it something be something else? I mean, how does Moriarty fit into the, in the scheme of House? And is it joke, is it lupus? Is that sort of the joke that lupus, you can never really guess what it is, that that's Moriarty? And, or, or is it some, or is Moriarty, or, because I guess the thing is, when I was reading Deadline, I read Deadline by Nikki Fink a lot, and, uh, um, the thing with House was a lot of people thought that either we might get one more season or this would be the final one, but Shore, would, Shore kept giving the impression, well, like any good showrunner probably should, that he would like to, he wanted to really, do, as you were saying, do a proper send-off. Did, did that have to tie in with possibly creating a Moriarty character to send in last minute, or that's a very loaded question, by the way, sorry. No, no, I've always felt that the Moriarty mm-hmm. of the show has been disease. Um, House has been a tireless warrior against disease. And, and, you know, and it's funny because in talking to some of the people with the show and actually talking to Jennifer Morrison a couple of seasons ago, uh, back in season five, um, and I had actually a long conversation with her, not about Moriarty, but, but who, but the disease mm-hmm. and how House can't heal himself, right? He's, he's broken. He's, wounded. He, his leg is bad and it's never going to get better. He's broken, but he, he can't heal himself. So he's always battling disease or an illness. And to me, that's his Moriarty. Interesting. Some, I never saw that that way before. Yeah. I mean, he's, and I describe him in the book. I describe uh, somewhere in the book. I talk about, I think it was for the episode all in. Um, and I actually wrote an essay that went along with that um, that episode that talks about House and his almost his Don Quixote-ish tilting at windmills against death. And how he never gives up. That's where his drive, that's really his raison d'etre. That's really what drives him is to, to fight against his patients dying. And so that's his, to me, that's his Moriarty. I mean, people can say, well, sort of Foreman could be his Moriarty or, um, you know, Tritter back in season three, people who come in. And I, I don't really think so. I think that House's Moriarty is, is his patient's death and disease. Yeah, I was going to say, because Foreman reminds me more of the constable, more or less. Same thing with, with, with Cuddy. Uh, she would always, Lestrade. Yeah, yeah, Lestrade, thank you. Uh, yeah, he was always... They're just there making nipping at his heels, making sure he seems to fall in line, but they still let him do pretty much whatever he does because he, he gets the job done. So um, now how do you feel about uh, Lisa not coming back? I, I, I'm, 
Yeah. Yeah, because I thought if for anything she would at least come back for like maybe like a little cameo, but they're reporting no. Osceola is saying no. She's not even showing yeah. up. I mean, was um, it really a, a, a problem with David Shore, or was it just all money? Or I mean, from what you've heard. Um, I haven't heard much. <laughs> um, I actually, it was funny because when she was not, uh, when it was out that when Michael Osceola broke that she wasn't coming back, um, I didn't know. I had been in, in a doctor's appointment and I come out and I had eight phone messages. And I, and I called, one of them was from the publisher of Blog Critics. And I called back and they said, hey, do you know Michael Osceola is quoting you? And I was like, what? Why would he be? <laughs> and I had just like, Three days earlier, published an interview I had just done with Katie Jacobs, which was like her only interview that year. And she was talking about Lisa a lot in the interview, and we were talking a great deal about her. And um, so that's how I found out she was leaving in the first place. But as far as coming back, I mean, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what her purpose would be in coming back at this point. Um, would I love to see her in a cameo in the finale? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd love to see all of House's old ghosts come back <laughs> in one way or another. Um, but um, I'm I'm not uncomfortable with her not coming back. Uh, it would be nice, but I'm not sure what she would what function she would have. They're not going to get back together. No, but do you think that's really angered a lot of the people that are shippers that basically watch the show for the relationship? Is that kind of oh the final season for them? Yeah, well, it did, and I've actually taken a lot of heat for that because people have kind of pegged me over the years as a as a huddy shipper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've always said, well, you know, in the House Wilson shippers, the Hilson shippers have always come down really hard on me and the and the... And the hammerins have come down on me. And I, I, I've always contended I watch house for house. And I'm going to go where the writers of the show are going to take me. Um, that's the way I enjoy the show. And he's going to have relationships that are going to have been, you know. So I loved him with Cuddy. I, I was completely there. I was 100% there. Um, I hated that they broke them up. I'm not. I'm, ha- I'm not. I wasn't. Um, I wouldn't say I wasn't unhappy. Um, I really accept that they broke them up. It was inevitable. They, they were going to do that. Um, I don't like a couple of the things that happened just after, after it. Um, but after the end of, and I didn't like the end of season seven. I just did not like the house crashing his car into her house thing. I don't think anybody and, did. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was, uh, see, I thought it was very in character with house what would do, because if he was that, but I grant, because the thing is, he's very self-destructive, so I thought, what was the most self-destructive thing you could do is, well, run a car through her fucking house. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, did I like it? No, because I'm like, well, yeah. he's going to go to jail for this, and how are the writers going to work around this? And then, because then, yeah. then, you know, Cuddy's going to have to keep him around, and then next season, Cuddy wasn't back, and they rode around it, and you're just like, oh. Yeah. Well, with the car stunt, I mean, that worked out really well with Cuddy not returning, because, you know, yes. there's got to be that final straw that sends her off. But I feel like with her gone, there's no chance of House having a happy ending romantically, and because of his self-destructive tendencies, do you think this points towards a total crash and burn in the finale? Or do you think he'll be able to find some sort of peace? 
Um, you know, it's funny because I thought this season would bring more crash and burn than it has. Me too. And I really, and I made no, I've made no bones about this. I'm really an angst whore. I mean, I love the angst. And I made no bones about it. I'm not apologetic about that at all. Um, and I think that's something that I would have thought, and I wrote about this over the summer, and I said, you know, Cuddy's not going to be there, but she's going to be there sort of hovering over the cloud that's always over house. But the house hasn't really been under a cloud this year. And he may still I, before the end, like that. I mean, a, that would have to play a, into it, I would think. Yeah, um, I would think, on the other hand, they don't necessarily have to do that. They could do what they want. Um, they're the... <laughs> it's not our show. Um, it's not? <laughs> Since when? It's not our show. Um, and I keep saying that to people. It's like, they they have the right to do whatever they want with the characters. If they were going to write to us, you know, and write for us as the viewers, there are so many different points of view, they couldn't win. So, you know, I was not, I was, I really accepted her going away. And, and, but what I really do regret is her not coming back this season as a character. Um, and, and that was coincidence. I mean, it was a terrible set of coincidences that happened. A, they wrote this episode, followed by B, Lisa Edelstein is leaving the series. And there was no way to bring her back for closure. So I sort of thought that she would sort of be hovering there. And I was really hoping that she'd come back for a cameo at some point. But I don't think she is. And, you know, off the yellow or not, I mean, the series pulls these left turns all the time and surprises us. But I don't think she's going to come back. And to answer your question, Jerome, or Jim, or Uromi. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> now I know. Um, um, whether he's got a chance of happiness, uh, you know, and uh, people are going to shoot me for this. Um, maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but someday, to coin a phrase, <laughs> to quote my favorite movie, Casablanca, um, he may find happiness with Dominica. Yeah, you know, no, would, I, I've enjoyed them together this season. Yeah. The last couple episodes, it's really worked. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be like totally classic, where you have like the green card bride, totally a marriage of convenience that slowly, slowly, and we won't have the luxury of a whole other season to see that happen. It would be kind of happy. But I mean, going back to gosh, what the '60s TV series, The Farmer's Daughter. I mean, yeah. it's it's classic movies and TV. And from a story-wise point of view, I mean, it could be said that a lot of House's improvement in the last couple of years could be attributed, especially last season. He really seemed to be doing well with Cuddy, and so perhaps if she had been the one to save him, it would have been a little cheapened, like he had had help getting to his peace, whereas now if he finds a, a balance and a healthy lifestyle, he's done it on his own. He hasn't been yes. pushed there out of love or something. Yes, 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 I agree. So, yeah, I was really upset about Cuddy, too, but 
as the season's gone on, I have really enjoyed this season. And, yeah, me too. And I, I do feel like I've kind of made my peace with it, you know? And, and like you said, it's not our show, and they've done a heck of a job for eight years. So to start griping at this late hour seems pretty petty and ungrateful. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I, I have a la- actually quite a number of, of Internet friends who simply stopped watching the series. Uh, they just said, you know what, I've had it. I was in there for the huddy, and I'm done. But the funny thing is a lot of those guys were there before there was huddy. They were there through Stacy. They were there through Cameron. They were there through all of that and and abandoned the show just because they're so close to the end. I, I just don't understand that at all. No, you put in seven years or no, whatever no, people, of watching. Well, the people who that I've seen on Twitter that abandon the show, because Twitter is where I see all the interaction from, mm-hmm. is a lot of people were pissed off in the treatment of Lisa. Of Lisa. And I'm just like, and that was, that's what pissed me. I was like, look, we have no idea what, what actually went on, and we probably never really will until there's a tell-all book about right before she dies. Or and even then, like, you don't David know how much that's true. And again, even that. Exactly, because truth is all a matter of perspective to the person. Like, Jimmy and I have, matter of fact, last night we were talking about, we were hanging out at some party, and my memory of something was completely devoid of what, uh, of a, he's like, well, you help me with that. And I'm like, really? I did, I thought that was all, he's like, no, you, you told me to put it in there. And I put, I'm like, I, talking about mixing a drink, I had no idea this happened in a party that we had. That's what I'm saying, it's all a matter of perspective of who remembers what, and, and combined you can make them an actual truth, but, you know, I, I don't know, I think it, it pisses me off that people get mad over that. It's like, look, it ha- whatever happened, happened. Right. Let the show be the show and then judge it on that. Don't. So, and, and, it, and, you know, as much as we love these characters and love the actors that play them, it's a business for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the numbers did not work for her. And a lot of that had to do with Fox and their demand that the licensing fee be cut. And, and, I, and I believe, and I read, and that might have been in Nikki Fink's column, um, that uh, she wanted yet further cuts this year. And that was a problem. And, you know, um, Robert Sean Leonard is in fewer episodes this year. Omar Epps is in fewer episodes this year. Lisa said no. And good for her for, for standing her ground. But it's yeah. not the right call. I, yeah, I, I, not I, sure it's fault. She walked. Oh, right. And, and well, I think that's what I'm saying. That's what would make me mad. People were blaming, they were saying he, you know, he is the real Gregory House and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. He's, in terms of how he acts and how he's sort of cruel to people. And I'm like, I've never heard that at all. I've heard like he's a very analytical individual. But, but again, you're, 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 you're blasting a man you really have no contact with except for what you read on again, right. Nikki Fink or Osceolo. And, uh, you know, as someone who reads that stuff all the time too, and, Obviously, we all report on it occasionally too when we do the podcast or do our articles or reviews. I, I just don't. I just don't agree with that. There's one girl who's a follower um, that follows me, and she's a very polite girl. But uh, anytime House comes on, she doesn't watch anymore. But all she does is for a straight hours just blast the fuck out of House. And I'm just like, I I don't understand why she. Do- I, I I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I again, that's her perspective on it, but I just don't agree with it. And I, I don't. I know there's other people that I've seen out there that they upset with that. Now, you brought up the budget aspect, too, and this is something that's been thrown around a lot as ratings continue to sag. This is on any Right, and and many series that have been on for a while can't keep the the budget. Well, even like Cougar Town Community, because Bill Lawrence is a friend of this podcast that's been on a bunch of times. Um, 
you know, do you think there's any hope of Kickstarter or some internet where uh, website where fans well, in the future might kick in money to help fill up those budget gaps, not pay for the series completely? I think that seems unrealistic. But do you think there might be a, a good business sense, a, a good way to help shows have fans put a little of their own income into it? Um, Kickstarter is great. In fact, it's funny that you should mention it. I know that Jane Espenson, who's a writer on Once Upon a Time, and she wrote on Game of Thrones last season, and she's famous for writing Buffy um, and yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Torchwood. Yes. Last season, she, she did quite a few. She of did Torchwood last season? She did, yes, she did some American. Hey. I did not know that. I'll have to... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm stuck at season one of Torchwood. I feel very dirty about... Or season two, I'm sorry. But... Oh, I love season two. Great. I loved season. I loved all of it. I remember when I first started watching it, Jerome, you had said, oh, yeah, season two is one. And and I really, really liked season three as well. It was very dark. I liked my sci-fi. But Jane, um, now I lost my train of thought. Um, Oh, Jane, Jane, huh? Jane has a web series that um, was real successful last season. Uh, called Husbands. Husbandstheseries.com. Mm-hmm. I was going to add that. Husbands <laughs> the Series. <laughs> um, and it's a great series. It's a marriage equality series. Um, and it's these two-minute webisodes. And they want to do a second season, and it's going to happen. And they use Kickstarter to fund it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I was contributor 615. I did oh, it at $6.15. <laughs> And Jane, if you're listening to this, you should note very uh, well that that was Jerome Westville TV, who is contributor number 615. She knows. She replied to me on Twitter about it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I did yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah I, no, and I actually, uh, Bria Grant, who was an actress in Heroes, because uh, um, her and Jane were kind of talking on Twitter, and I started talking to Bria Grant a little bit, too, because she's got a movie that's on Kickstarter that I also put in a little bit of money, because I'm poor, but I just put it in a little bit. Um, but she had suggested, because I'm working on a project that I could use some funding for, and Bria said that, you know, even for the normal people, even if you're not famous, Kickstarter might be a really good way to go to um, get Yeah, yeah. Money. My son is using Kickstarter to find, he's trying to uh, start a college radio station that's internet only. Oh, nice. uh, Pizza FM, and they're using, I see we're thinking of using Kickstarter um, in addition to the usual ways of raising licensing fees. Um, so Kickstarter is prevalent. Whether it's going to be used for something that's as costly as a network TV where the cost, I mean, I, well, you know, I, the cost. I, don't, I don't think it could pay for a whole network TV show, but maybe as the show ages to fill in the budget gaps, like, if they had a Kickstarter page, raise this much money to keep Lisa Edelstein on house. I mean, do you think something like that could be successful? That's a lot of money. I mean, if you think about yeah. TV, <laughs> like $2 million an episode to produce, and they want like $2 million bucks an episode. Oh, Jesus <laughs> I mean, you know, and I, I have no class. Like, who did I hear say that? Um, God. I can't remember who I heard say that about. I think it was Stargate Universe um, at one point, and I I could be wrong. But if, I mean, if you think about all of the salaries and all of, I mean, usually in a production like that, the salaries, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a decent sized cast. You've got directors, you got writers, um, 
and the production values of the series are huge. And I'm not, I'm talking about house now. I'm not talking about sci-fi. Um, you know, it's, it's big box. I mean, when Hugh Laurie gets $500,000 an episode, yeah. you know, or whatever, I mean, just him alone. So, um, and I don't know if it's $500,000, whatever he gets. Um, sure. and then, Add that to everyone else. That's real. It's not very far jump to make it to that two million. That is true. I, yeah, I guess you're right. In terms of, see, I wasn't including the the cast in terms of an overall episode, but yeah, because I'm looking at them as a whole set. Sort of. I mean, it's part of the show, but part of it as a separate budget thing. But no, you're right. In terms of a per episode, it would cost about two million dollars. You know. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah. I don't know that there's any chance of raising in the millions on a consistent basis. Right. You know. Right. Husbands and, can raise 50000 but... You know, if you, and if you're talking about a licensing fee cut of, like, 20%, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if that works out to in dollars, because I'm not very good at arithmetic. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Um, uh, I am no mathematician. Um, He's doing a story on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I like I studied biology and chemistry in college as an undergrad, and it's like that's why I never became like a really great chemist. So, <laughs> just can't. Um, so I became a writer. Um, but it's it's I mean it's a great idea, and I think to fill in small gaps, I think that's possible. But I'm not sure how realistic it is. At least at this point in time, maybe in five years' time, or you know, as, as Kickstarter becomes much more viral. Well, we need something besides Nielsen. When are they going to get over the Nielsen ratings? I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it's ridiculous because, you know, you've got Nielsen and then you've got the Nielsen, you know, everyone looks at the Nielsen overnights. Well, the overnights don't really tell the story. You have to look at the Nielsen plus ones, and then you have to look at the Nielsen plus sevens, which then looks at, um, you know, the, the, the overnights plus whether anyone DVR'd it and looked at it in a, in a week. But then not everybody watches things on TV. They watch things on Amazon or iTunes or Hulu um, and it or Netflix. And um, those numbers have to become more and more significant. I had, a talk, I had a conversation last year with Bob Seidman from TV by the Numbers, and um, I did an article about it. And... It's just, it boggles the mind. But the Nielsen's are really out of date. Well, and like Bill Lawrence talks about, has talked about on this podcast, you know, about how Spin City used to get huge ratings. Yeah. But he never hears from Spin City fans or meets people that say they watch Spin City, whereas Scrubs really struggled in the ratings, but there are still tons of vocal Scrubs fans out there. And both shows are on syndication right, right. now. So. so, I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense to me, even in the days before Internet and stuff, that these Nielsen households, this small sampling, really makes these decisions for all of us. I mean, if they can yeah. measure fan uh, activity online in some kind of metric, and I'm sure they can. I'm sure Google's got some metric to tell you what the search rankings are. That should count. I mean, shows like Community wouldn't be struggling so bad if, if that was Fringe, Chuck, when it was on. Well, if they could yeah. take this stuff into account, I think it would really help a lot of networks because if they're providing those types of shows, that helps their brand so much. I mean, if we know that NBC is the one with the good, giving the good series a chance to go on, 
people talk about NBC. You know what I mean? Well, but at the same time, here's the problem with this. And I, 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 as a fan, I disagree, but it's a business. And so it's like right now the big thing with Fringe is it's probably coming down to licensing fees. Again, as, as Barbara said, we don't know exactly what the fees entail for licensing the show. It, and licensing the show is for syndication, I, I, the way I understand, and also for – because Warner Brothers produces Fringe, just like I think Universal or NBC produces – house mm-hmm. to air on Fox. So it's, it's a licensing fee to have the show on there. And usually Fox will lower the licensing fee or, or not Fox, but the company lowers the licensing fee so they can keep the show going on longer. And that's a big, big thing is that's how some shows come back for one extra season. That's where they make the biggest budget cut or they cut down on like maybe all but like three writers or let's feature on right. They didn't want to lose the voice cast because really without Futurama, if you don't have the voice cast, I mean, you got nothing. You really do got nothing, and uh, so they literally, I think, only like they have like a full writers room of like twenty writers. They, it's like four or five guys that write the show now for the most part, and they do the typical. They bring, I think, because uh, uh, I've heard other writers talk about this too, where they do a union rule where they have to bring one writer in and write one or two episodes, but they do that still. But they still beyond that, they keep it very s- small. Mm-hmm. They sure can hire me. I'll go write for whatever show wants to hire me. Yeah, well, but I'm sure you'd have budget limitations of what you at least need to make per. per it would be lower than most, I'm sure. Probably, but but either way, but that's that's the big thing is that is it's a business decision, and I yeah. hate saying that, but it's yeah. very much it true. I wish I know the Simpsons. Uh, in order to get uh, the season out of the Simpsons, everybody took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they all in order to make the licensing fee arrangement um, make sense. I know. and, and but, can, but can I just say with that, though, is that, you know, it's like, it's like well, depending on your thoughts on it, I, American Idol, we have enough American Idols. Don't we have enough Simpsons? Can we just go back to the movies? <laughs> well, and here's the, uh, as seasons go on, actors tend to get paid more and more, yeah. and that's what kills a lot of shows in the end. Yeah. The, act, the cast salaries become so much. But in a situation like The Simpsons, yeah. I think these people should be grateful for all the years it's given them and start taking oh, cuts yeah. as the years go on instead of raises. I agree. Uh, yes, and I think that's what they decided. Yeah. But if they want to keep it on for another five, ten years, they're going to have to take more cuts than just this one, you know? know, And and then you have a show, and I'm on my Stargate soapbox, because I didn't like Stargate. um, I didn't like SG-1. I didn't like like Atlantis. I liked the movie, um, but I didn't like either of those two, and I loved Stargate Universe. And I have to say, I was a latecomer to it, so I wasn't there when it got canceled. Um, but they canceled it after two seasons, kind of like they, they didn't, you know, they didn't give Caprica really much of a chance, no. uh, because her, the Nielsen numbers sell below 2 million per week, but I don't think that that takes into account all the other ways to see the show. So like, there was this magic Nielsen number of 2 million, and it, it was always kind of hovering there, and so had Battlestar. And SGU was, was uh, placed to take over for Battlestar. And um, when it couldn't hold up that over 2 million viewers, that canceled after two seasons. Should canceled after two seasons. I thought Cabrica was brilliant, and I'm still mourning it. And then I understood that some people complained they had less of the action and stuff that Galactica had. But so they were going to make – right. But then – so they decided to – Abandoned Caprica, but they were going to go ahead and make another Galactica spinoff set 10 years after Caprica. And so that was kind of my um, 
consolation that, well, at least some version of Galactica is going to be on there. And now, just this past week, they announced it's just the TV movie. They're not picking it up the series. Well, and, I mean, Galactica was so good. It's the best thing sci-fi has made, I, I feel, but I haven't seen heart, Universe. And now there's not gonna do, they're not going to do any more? I mean... No, no, take heart in the fact, Jimmy, that Battlestar Galactica started off as a TV movie. I know. Oh, take heart yeah. in that, my friend. Maybe, yeah, that's what they're going to But really that's what this do. was, too, but they didn't pick it up the series. It's just going to be oh, a TV movie. Oh, they did, they did announce they're not picking it up. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it hadn't aired yet. No, no, it hasn't aired yet, but they announced they're not picking it up oh, the series. Oh, wait until the... Re- they don't do that. They don't oh, do that. Caprica got picked up the series before the well, that's because TV Battlestar series was such ended. a massive hit. That's, that's it wasn't a hit, yet. though. That's why it got no, canceled. No, I'm talking about Battlestar Galactica was a massive hit. No, For the network, it was. I don't think, uh, not rating what? wise. No, not rating wise. It was really, it was really hovering. If you look at the ratings, because I did this, I went and I looked. Cause I was curious because um, I was kind of like bummed about the SGU thing, and so I went back and I looked at Galactica's ratings, which were a little bit above two million, and it dipped and it went up and it went down, and it really wasn't a hit. Hit. It was a hit with sci-fi people. And right. with critics, um, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's a hit for it had a cult following. If it was on net- network television, it would have it, they would have been canceled in the first season. Right. But, well, it's like Psych. They yeah, remember they did they did the Monk test because Monk initially started on ABC before it moved officially to USA, or did they do like a, a both the same thing? I don't remember. And then uh, they did they tried doing it with Psych, and I remember Psych got horrible numbers, and I'm just like, well, of course it because it's a it's on freaking NBC. It's not. Yeah. It's a, it's not an NBC show. I, I don't know. I was just, it CBS that tried to air Dexter, but they cut out all the good stuff? Yeah. Yeah, so I... That's what I'm saying, though. I mean, for, in terms of sci-fi, it was a modest hit, which means they could they could justify it business-wise for sci-fi, keeping it on. Now, again, if it's another network, probably not. But it's like the CW. Right. Worst shows have horrible ratings, but for CW, they're fantastic ratings. That's why Vampire Diaries is coming back for, like, three more years. Yeah, I like Vampire Diaries, though. So. I'm giving Jimmy shit for this, it <laughs> is that. But, well, actually, I, I started the first season, I'm like four episodes in. It's not my it's cup of good. tea, but it's not horrible either. I will <laughs> go on the record and say that. I just wish creativity mattered some in this metric, and rather than just the uh, stupid... Oh, the artist cry of... Uh, uh, I mean, I understand it. <laughs> You know, it's interesting, and, and getting back to sci-fi a second, you know, sci- sci-fi as a network uh-huh. has become, like, almost like a graveyard um, because they, these, and my husband will, like, laugh because I'm, like, a disaster person. I love disaster movies. I, like, I love disaster movies. I will sit there and watch disaster movies <laughs> all day long on sci-fi and they're so bad I mean I'm going to write a parody of a sci-fi movie of a and sci-fi one of these days aren't all movies kind of parodies already well they are but you know there's a way to turn it around and to really make it sharp satire instead of parody yeah Yeah. like (laughs) make shark versus mega octopus yeah Yeah, right something like that Um, so but, but Sci-Fi Network has sort of, and I've had actually conversations, I can't say with whom, but I've had conversations with some Hollywood writer people, and, and more than one, who've, who've said, um, you know, it's, it's a lot cheaper to produce a show like Ghost Hunters than it is to produce a drama. Yeah. And I think that's, 
that's true on any network. And what's really becoming kind of like the sci-fi, what sci-fi could be and used to be, is uh, science. Right? Which is airing. Uh, they've been they've aired all of the Firefly episodes and and all that, and they they've actually been airing science fiction drama, not necessarily original stuff, but they could be airing some more original stuff. So anyway, that's just my two pennies on sci-fi. No, not my no, favorite. I mean, they've had some good original series, uh, but like I just read that their most popular current running original series is Warehouse Thirteen, and I like Warehouse yeah. Thirteen, but. You know, it's nowhere near the level of Galactica or Caprica in terms right. of quality. Like, I'm not a big fan of, of, of Battlestar, um, but I will say that it really stuck to its guns with what it was trying to do, with the story it was trying to tell, and it was it, it was very deep and philosophical at its heart. And even though I didn't appreciate what it, the philosophy it was trying to get at, I respected it a whole lot more than some of the shows on there that they have on there now, like Alphas. Like, Alphas was a show, by every definition, as a comic book fan, it's it's practically a cheap version of X-Men on television, or what mm-hmm. Heroes was trying to be, but then failed at. And I'm just okay. like, you know what? Awesome. And it has the... I remember remember the guy's name, but he's the Professor X guy. David Stradle. Yes, I love that guy. He is so... As a matter of fact, he did a movie with Robert Sean Leonard called In the Gloaming. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that, yeah. Robert? Yes, fantastic. As a matter of fact, that's how I knew, began to realize who he was, it's because HBO did a movie, and, and he was the dad, and it was an amazing performance. And so every time it, he shows up in a movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, and then Alphas was just so bad. <laughs> David Strathairn um, did, he was in John Sayles' stable. He was in, um, um, oh, my God, what's the name of the movie? He was in um, a ton of John Sayles' movies, the one about the White Sox of 1919. Um, uh, oh, the one with it, John Cusack, right? It meant out. Um, yeah, yeah. Right, he played uh, Eddie Chicote, the, the pitcher. Um, and he was in um, Mate One, and he was in, he's been in a ton of stuff. He actually did a TV series called The Days and Nights of Molly Dodd back in the 80s, I think. Um, I love David Strath. I will watch anything with him in it because he's just such a great, intense actor. I know. Um, and I loved watching Alphas. I really and I liked his character. He was a he was a Professor X character. Yeah, he, yeah. And well, I, I watched the, the the first two episodes. First, actually, I watched the first the first two in like twenty minutes. The third, and then I was just got turned. It wasn't what I was wanting it to be. And then I watched the finale just so I could because I mm-hmm. I'll do that. And the show was a little bit better in the finale than when I left it off at because. I don't know. I felt like they had too many hands in too many things, and they were, or like they set them up as a certain type of character. And again, this happens in all shows. The pilot is always very different than what the second episode is. It's like they're regaining footing a bit. And I just didn't like yeah. how they regained him because I'm always under the impression, even if you don't like a character or they're the anti-hero, you got to root for the hero. Like like House has something about him that mm-hmm. he, he wants to save the people, even though he doesn't care about them. He wants to save the the, the, the patient. Yeah, like Tony Soprano. But that's one of the reasons why Mad Men, it took me, it, I literally took me about a year to watch the first season of Mad Men. Someone let me borrow it, and I, I watched the first episode, and I first person I thought, oh, I can connect with Peggy Olsen. She she does a stupid, she does like 20, I, again, that's what human beings do, but I just so wasn't used to it that I'm like, I don't, I don't like this. I can't root for anybody. They're all douchebags. 
And well, no, they really are. Like, I still watch Mad Men now. I'm like, oh, Don Draper, you douchebag, you <laughs> cheating on your wife. And but yeah. now he's married to Zuby Zoo. Don't don't tell me that. I'm not that far. Uh, I've actually seen Zuby Zoo. That's not the character's name. There was just a scene where a character was singing Zuby Zuby Zoo, and in the season premiere last week, and oh, okay. it really like blew up the Twitterverse. I Everybody see. talking about that musical number. Well, I stayed away from from Twitter that night. Good. Well, yeah, because well, I yeah, I don't. Oh, no, I won't tell you who it is, but thank you. Well, no, look, he marries someone. Well, I, yeah. God, Jimmy. Oh, Don Draper's not the type to stay single. Well, I knew he's got somebody to take care of him and his kids. I, I I said this last night, but it's true. I, I'm watching Mad Men now when I go to the gym and work out, and so I'm always cycling. That's my main form of working out. And mm-hmm. when I watch it, I'll watch three episodes at home on Netflix before I go to the gym. And there's no sex in them at all. The one episode I watched at the gym, the next episode, Don Draper's getting naked with the chick, heart, or just weird at stuff. At least it's AMC and not it's Showtime. AMC, so. yeah, I mean, oh, hey, I know. And I'm <laughs> thankful for that. But, like, the one where uh, they take uh, them to, like, a, a strip joint. And, like, it's like, because, you know, I'm going, like, wow. They get they just show the Pacey's. And I'm just going, gee. And there's this old lady right next to me. Uh, bless you, Jimmy. Who goes, Thank you. Uh, who, who she gave me even the first like oh I never well I'm trying to and so then what do I do do I just like lean forward on the cycle and try to cover it up but then like that draws attention to the fact that maybe you're watching something you shouldn't be watching it was I've been trying to watch Californication at my parents house this oh, week oh that's very bad and too. it's horrible because every time they walk past there's somebody naked and yeah. or there's someone cussing up a storm yeah F word gets dropped a lot uh, before we run out of time though yes. we should get on to Barbara's other show that she's now covering every week and I don't know, maybe becoming an expert uh, person on like she is on House in Time. I don't know. Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I feel like that show, I Nick and I both agreed we didn't like the first couple episodes at all. Like, thought it was pretty bad. But I feel like that show deserves the most appro- improved award this season because it's really become something awesome. Like, even before Christmas. Yeah. Yes, you know, I I started watching it because um, I was curious. Uh, Jen Morrison stars in it, who played Cameron on House, so I had that House connection. And I thought, well, maybe I'll cover it. And I really that that was the start of my my new TV love affair. Um, my new TV boyfriend, who's Robert Carlyle. Um, and I saw him in that first episode, and he's, like, the weirdest character ever, right? He plays Rumpelstiltskin. And I said, huh, this is really interesting. And I also like Lana Perea. Oh, yeah, she's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. I'd seen her in a show called uh, Miami Medical that lasted for five weeks or so that co-starred Jeremy Northam, who's a, a favorite actor of mine. I have this, There's a scene you might notice. I have, like, this thing for British actors, um, and Jeremy Northam is very British. And um, so I started watching Once Upon a Time, and and it's actually, like you said, the first couple of episodes, I liked the pilot a lot. I didn't like the second episode as much. Um, It really began to kick into high gear, I thought, um, as we got to um, Thanksgiving weekend, and um, it really hasn't let up since then. It's, It's really been quite strong. Um, this week, Barbara Hershey is guest starring. I haven't seen the episode yet. I have to see it with everyone else. Well, by the time this podcast goes live, people will have already seen it, unfortunately, the way we structure things. Yeah, it'll, this, this is going live April 3rd. 
Okay, so everybody who thought it was a great episode, right? It was awesome. It was awesome. I loved it. Didn't you like that part with Barbara Hershey? I yeah, I like. And Lana Perello was really evil. Yeah, evil. You know, evil <laughs> backwards spells love. No, it doesn't. I've seen some of the because um, they have some clips on the press site, and I've seen a couple of the clips. I saw a clip with um, with the Evil Queen, and boy, ooh. She's evil. But we're going to find out, um, you will have already found out, what it is that the evil queen has against Snow White. Um, so that should be pretty interesting. Um, I'm also looking forward to see the trial of Snow White. Yeah, I mean, they've done some really unexpected things. Like making, in the fairy tale world, making Snow White this badass with the bow trying to kill the queen and uh, you yeah. know making uh, little red a werewolf and just like some really unexpected twists to stories uh, i mean i love the whole grumpy falling in love with the fairy story and love that they're just really inventive interesting mashups and making that... Michael Stiltskin the beast and beating the beast that's got to be my favorite episode so far oh that i i'm gonna i'm gonna put money on um, a couple of Emmy nominations coming out of that. Yeah, if if Robert Carlyle gets nominated, that's the episode he... I mean, I shouldn't say if, he needs to be. That's the episode he should submit. Unless... I yeah, mean, I well, haven't seen the end of the season yet, so there could be something even better, but... Yeah, there's more stuff with him coming up. Um, the ne- they're after, tonight, after tonight's episode... Well, they're going to be on hiatus for a couple of weeks, and I think coming back on April 26th, Second, if I'm not mistaken, with other Rumpelstiltskin episode where his son, um, we find out what happened to his son, Balefire. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be a very, um, he was tweeting, by the way, he's on Twitter now. Um, never thought he'd be on Twitter, but he's on Twitter. And I, I, he, I, he just struck me as just not a Twitter type person, and he hadn't been. But uh, I guess someone was impersonating him, and I guess he took umbrage at that. <laughs> if somebody's going to tweet about what they ate for lunch, it's going to be the real me. Yes. Damn Skippy. Damn Skippy. I'm sorry? Oh, I just said Damn Skippy. Yeah. I think I might make a false Barbara Barnett Twitter account and see <laughs> what I could do with it. Oh, no. <laughs> actually... And I'll try to get it verified. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. I'm not anywhere important enough to be verified. <laughs> but, isn't, isn't, but isn't that, I mean, what you said, though, like, I, I always find that sort of funny. It's like, I'm not important enough to be verified that I really need. Was it Rob Corddry who actively does not want to be verified and takes pride in the fact that he's not verified There's on Twitter? people who are very proud of not yeah. verified. Yeah. You know. But, um, yeah, so so I think that, that, that's gonna, that episode is going to get a... Um, an Emmy nomination or two. I hope it gets an, uh, a writing nomination for Jane Aspinson because it is a beautifully complex and very, very inventive way of telling that story. So, and uh, of, of the of the Beauty and the Beast story. Now, how long do you think they're going to stretch out the curse? Do you think they may by the end of season one, the various townspeople will start to really? wake up to the fact that there's a curse, or do you think this is going to be something that takes the whole series to start to try to break? Well, they've already started remembering. I mean, Prince Charming has already started remembering. I kind of feel like the Prince Charming's selective memory, though, has to be some plot by the Evil Queen. 
Yeah, it could be because he remembered he remembered um, Snow White saying that I want to kill her, and she meant the queen. Right, and that just seems so selective and so specific. Right, and and he's remembering it as um, as being Catherine. Right. So you know, and and by the way, I'm not real. I'm really not liking David, who's Prince Charming in Storybook. Boy, you know, he of little faith. Yeah. He, I did not like that. Was a real surprise to me. Uh-huh. I thought that. With. But how long will they keep the curse going? I mean, the curse has to keep going because if they all go back to fairy tale land, um, which would be if the curse ended, they would all go back to fairy tale land, and they but, can't really do. But this whole first season, I mean, there's very few characters, and it's a lot of the theme of it, not a lot of plots, but about Henry trying to wake Emma up to the fact that there is a curse. I mean, mm-hmm. she becomes aware and accepts that by the end of season one. Then season two could be a whole other story about her trying to wake up other people to it. And by season three, they could be trying to break it. I mean, even if they learn about the curse, I just, do you, you think the curse is still going to be this secret thing that hangs over? Or do you think there's going to be development with that? That there'll be well, movement to try to start breaking it in the next year or two? Yeah, I think that, you know, the curse itself might become known, but how do you break it? Right. How is it broken? And they may not, it may be out of everyone's, it may be even out of the Queen's control. I just saw something very funny um, and also a little, or Minnie's funny to me, is that what if, because their guys wrote a loss, what if the third season ends with uh, them saying the curse has already been broken, it's been broken for years, but no one just remembers anything. I, I think know the smoke monster is probably going to come to town. Not the smoke monster, but like, how, how did it be like Emma's, like, we need we need to go back to story. <laughs> yeah, know? they break the curse and they get to like, Storyland, and then they realize they have to get back to the real world. <laughs> exactly, like, that's what I'm, because it is, like, two of the writers, aren't they from Lost, I believe? Adam. It does have, yeah, some yeah, Lost people. So. That would be pretty funny. Uh, well, I, I'm just jokingly saying I know, that, but, I know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, there's, there's some interesting possibilities. I mean, yeah, they can they can find out the curse. I don't think that that's the climax of the series. I think it's how do you break it. Now, the curse belongs to Rumble Stolzkin. He is he, he is the one that gave it to the queen. Uh-huh. Well, I, and, want, I want at least one season with the curse broken and everybody back in fairy tale world. I think... That could be, they could do a lot with that. I don't think that's necessarily the end of the story. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think you're right. Um, but I think that what will happen is, I think just like Lost, it will have a definite ending. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz do have that planned in their brain somewhere. They just may not be saying it to anyone. Um, but I, I think... They're making the wise move, which is not what Damon and, and uh, Carlton did, which is, yes, we know exactly what, yeah, and they're just like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> but so, yeah, the fact that they're keeping it to themselves are not really publicizing. They keep, well, and plus well, keeping it to yourself allows you to change the direction if you have a better idea down the road. Exactly, without taking because you can have an it. ending as, write, as a writer, have an ending for something that you're writing. Like, even writing an article for a review, if you're going down one theme you're going to tackle, and then it leads into another theme that ends up taking more... Mm-hmm. Uh, more of the review or, or whatever. So, yeah, it can change over time. So the fact that they're not coming right out like the, like their mentors, I guess, maybe, maybe very loosely I say that, um, did, 
maybe they're, they're, they're learning from their mistakes because that, of course, created a shitstorm for those guys and still has. Matter of fact, they did a review. The guy talking about the killing, Damon Lindelof talking yeah. about the killing, he's like, look, I like the killing because da 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 because they're giving it, you know, they're, you're giving her another shot. Unlike, you know, people like me, no one gives me a shot anymore because I ruined loss, but I don't know. Nobody ruined loss. Loss was awesome. I agree with that 150%. Yeah, that's fifty percent beyond normal acceptance. I, that's that's how much. impossible. I, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's I love it so much. It's impossible. That's, that's <laughs> very weird. <laughs> I never got that phrase. The hundred and ten percent. I'm just like you guys yeah. realize that makes no sense, right? It makes no even for a math no brain like me. It doesn't make sense. Hey, um, you know Sunday nights is going to actually become the uh, the sword and sorcery night on television. I think yes. between between Once Upon a Time and then right after that comes Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. tonight you've already seen the first four episodes, correct? I've seen the first four episodes. Oh. I have. I'm insanely jealous of I, you. Oh my god! I am you, Jimmy. You can Jimmy describe the anger of uh, more of just envy of my. There, he's like frothing at the mouth. I think I might need to call an ambulance. Know, There's like white foam coming I, out. Because, uh, yeah, I am such a... No, I've read about the first 150 pages of book two, so I'm familiar with how the plot's going to start. But just tell us, uh-huh. does, it, does it live up to season one? Um, it, I like it a lot. In fact, in some ways, and I love Sean Bean. I, when I read the books, I was so depressed when Ned Stark got killed. I was I was so depressed. It took me a long time to actually pick up book two um, because for me, he was like my hero. Um, but season two of Game of Thrones is great. It's every bit as good as season one. Um, I think it is in some ways a lot easier to follow for some reason. Maybe because we um, have the time to learn who all the characters are by this point. I mean, I know they had a bunch of new ones, but it's not like you're trying to learn everybody all over again. Right. I mean, most of the characters are from last season. You have um, Stannis Baratheon, mm-hmm. uh, played the awesome, amazing, and wonderful Stephen Delane, who is, see, there we go again, British actor. He's one of my favorite <laughs> actors. Well, I know the woman playing his wife is Anne Boleyn from The Tudors. Yes, she, no, uh, she's playing Renly Baratheon's wife. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, see, this is why I get, I'm not watching it yet. God. So she's married to the gay one. Yeah, she's married to the gay one, okay. right. Uh, so she's new in the series. Uh, Stephen Delane um, played uh, Thomas Jefferson in HBO's John, John Adams. Adams. Oh, that was an awesome miniseries. He's in it? Oh, my God, that's awesome. Because I know he's, I, one, I, he's, he's one such of the a great actor. Yes, he is. No, yeah, because I, I loved I loved John Adams. I bought that on DVD, and I read the book. Yeah, that was brilliant. Oh my god, yeah, because that was because that is like the whole bane of, of that movie is the yeah. Jefferson Adams relationship and his wife, of course. But I then uh, Stannis has a, a sorceress, right? Yes, right? he has Melisande. Yes, he has a sorceress. God um, damn, I'm so angry. I see these already. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm so I'm going to watch it live tonight. I'm so there will be a review written first thing in the morning oh, for Game yeah. of Thrones. My hero, my hero of second season so far. And, I, you know, it's funny because when I read the books, I wasn't a big Tyrion Lannister fan. But he is so awesome. That's he just is, the credit to Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Peter is just awesome. He should be and, everything. He should. He's like, he's like the new Ben Affleck. I'm kidding. And, oh, and it's 
usually think of British actors as sort of being um, the guys who will steal every scene that they're in because they're so charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dinklage, who's not an he's, he's an American actor, who's one of the few non-Brits in the cast, mm-hmm. just 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 overpowers every single scene that he's in. It just he's so good and he's so funny. And he's so, in his own way, so noble. Yes. And he's like most likable to me. He's like the most likable character in has, the entire. Has he kind of stepped up and taken Sean Bean's place as like the heart and star of the show? Yeah. Okay. yeah actually, he first listed in the credits. Really cool. Well, he deserves yeah. it. I mean, I I begrudge him nothing. He was. Awesome in season one. Well, because I I was watched when I watched season one because I, I I'm a, I'm I enjoyed you know John Dean but um you know he was my favorite him and Snow were my favorite characters but more of his it was Interior Interior and and I kept saying I was like every episode even the first time he's barely in the episode in the pilot I think yeah. but I, I kept going. Dinklage is awesome. Uh, he deserves an Emmy nomination for like the five minutes he's on screen here and the next episode he. Blew you away. I was just disappointed that because they ran out of budget, the at the end of the season they had that big battle. He just gets conked on the head and they wakes up and it's over. Whereas in the book, he leads the troops to battle and is this heroic figure. Well, I think they might maybe try to tackle that. This yeah, season. they did say they'd make up for it this season, but that in the books he was part of that battle. He wasn't unconscious for it. Oh man, I'm so I'm so pumped for that show. Yeah. I am I am very excited. Really? About with everything that's on, this is a huge night for TV, and that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's great. And then, um, you know, and, and I, I'm going to watch them again. They sent them to me. A lot of times, screeners come to you. They send you a link. Uh-huh. You know, you have to watch your computer. They oh, sent, nice. D- yeah, they sent DVDs, which was awesome. Um, so we could. They weren't high definition. But um, so I'm, I'm like really excited to see it in high def tonight with all of the effects in it because some of the effects weren't finalized yet. Does this see that's the what you said about getting the screeners and in, in standard definition? I don't watch screeners that I get links to on the computer because I hate to sit at my computer. I don't think it's comfortable. I just uh, the screen's small. I just don't care for it. Um, but. Uh, that's kind of made me upset about the screeners I do get because they all are DVD and I watch and record everything in high def now. So it's really frustrating to me that oh, we don't get, I know that sounds God, like I'm just a whiny bitch. Oh, I know, I know it sounds horrible. I'm spoiled. Screeners but and else does, at this but point, I'm, I'm not nearly as anxious to get screeners as I was a year ago because it makes me sad that I don't watch them in HD, and I don't have the time to rewatch every screener I get when it airs. Uh, it, well, you know, Game of Thrones is something. My husband's now, because I've never been a fantasy fan, but he's been um, reading the books. He just he's all the way through book three, and he's about to start book four. And um, he's he. I never thought he'd be into a fantasy uh, sci-fi fantasy show. But he's really, he's, it's funny because he said to me, because he knows that I'm like hooked on Robert Carlyle now. And he says, well, why isn't Robert Carlyle in Game of Thrones? Uh, and, <laughs> double duty. Very busy with one, a lot of people he's starred with in other movies are in Game of Thrones. Mm. But um, including Cersei, uh, the actress who plays her, and Robert Baratheon, and... Uh, Cersei was Sarah Connor in Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. 
Yes, you are. Amazing oh. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Mark Addy was in Full Monty, uh, who plays Robert Baratheon. People won't recognize. I didn't recognize him until like three episodes in. I'm like, oh, I know that voice. Where do I know that voice from? And it was Mark Addy from the Full Monty who plays um, the leads. So watch for. Well, he's dead. So. I mean, not Mark Addy, the character of Robert Baratheon, dead. Right, right. And I'm gonna miss him too. I actually was a couple weeks behind at the end of the season because I catch up on shows to review them and then I get behind because I'm watching other shows that I need to review. Even my favorite shows, I don't get to watch every week. Um, but Entertainment Weekly spoiled the Sean Bean thing by running the picture and I hadn't watched the episode yet. I almost canceled my subscription. But this, I feel like Game of Thrones is one of those ones, no matter how busy you are, you just got to make the time because you can't afford to have that stuff spoiled for you. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I won't and now make that I- mistake again. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Matter of fact, I, I felt I felt the same way, at least especially towards the last five episodes of Boardwalk Empire for season two. Because uh-huh. season one, I was very iffy on because it was just it was just so slow moving. And like for a show that's technically about gangsters, and you're just like, oh my god! Even the last season of Sopranos moved faster than that. And you just sort of watching because C.B. Simi is really good at what he does. Um, yeah. And the art direction is amazing too. But then the season two, they did, I mean, they picked up, like, it was cooking with gas. And then the, the big, uh, uh, so I'm going to, spoiler alert, they kill off. Yeah, I know. I haven't watched know, it yet, but it has to They kill spoiled. off the lead. The, okay, besides CBC, Simi, the show is based yeah. on Jimmy and, and, and Nucky. Right. They kill Jimmy off. And I'm just going, oh, my God, because usually in, tele- in television writing, you're like, okay, the character will stay around for a few more seasons, and then when the series ends, he'll get killed then. No, they they took him out, and I'm like, wow. I need to be a professional writer that stays home and has time to catch up, because that's spoiled for me, because I haven't got the Boardwalk Empire yet. And Walking Dead, Dale's death was spoiled for me. Thankfully, Shane's was not. And just whatever Shane I wasn't behind, spoiled for you? No, I somehow stayed they announced stayed it deaf. two weeks before? I they... somehow stayed deaf to it. Wow. Um, but I did hear about Dale, and I just, ah, it just kills me when I have to go how to work did, or how whatever. How did you hear about Dale? Did they talk about at work? Or Twitter. What? Oh, oh, it wasn't me, was it? No. Oh, okay. Well, sometimes I do, on, I, I'm actually a lot better than I was, but I used to be really bad at that. And yeah, I, I try to watch that too, but I figure after 72 hours, everything's fair game. I, I. Yeah. yeah I, even yeah. though I'm often more than 72 hours behind. Yeah, well, you know, the, the the hard thing is, you know, when you get a screener, and, and Jerome, you, you know this too, is, you know, you get a screener and you write a review in advance, you know, like a preview, uh-huh. um, and and then you have to be really careful, you know, you don't want to spoil too much, but then you sort of, at least I feel with the stuff that I follow, because I tend to write, I don't write recappy sorts of reviews, I, I mean, I tend to write more essays and commentaries. So I feel like, okay, well, I've really got to go back now, and I've got to write a commentary, so I have to double cover the episodes that I see in advance, almost. I did that a couple times, but now mostly I just go ahead and write a full review and try to have it pending on blog critics so that it can go live that night, and then I feel like I've done my job. I mean, I know they want you to promote. I'll promote them on Twitter ahead, but trying to do that recappy, facts, non-spoilery preview is... I don't. I just don't have time for it. I, I, well, to me, it's, it's tedious too. Because <laughs> why recap? At least for me, why recap everything that, that happened? Talk about what it all means. Like, right. 
And for me, I don't want that stuff spoiled. Even if you're not doing spoilers, just the teasing stuff, I just would rather go into it fresh. Uh, that's why yeah. when I reviewed The Walking Dead uh, for Dale, with Dale mm-hmm. dying, I did put spoilers ahead. Yeah, and, and then uh, then I didn't even come right out and say it. I at least gave you three more sentences before you, I broke it. That well, Dale got the killed. older I get, the more I hate spoilers. I don't even tend to watch the previews at the end of episodes anymore for next week's episode. What? I, I know. I know. I'm just. Mad. I mean, too many networks spoil too many things to do that. You know, I stopped watching um, the the sneak peeks and stuff for House. Just because um, the pre not the sneak peeks, but the preview at the end of the previous episode, because they're so so misleading. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. the oh, ABC is bad about that doing misleading ones. Wait, who, is, who is this? ABC is bad about oh, it, but wow. House has gotten bad too. Yeah, no, I've liked to see the the previews for um, Once Upon a Time. The you know the the preview at the end of the episode. Um, just because it's fun to parse, but I've stopped doing that for House just because it's like crazy um, how much they're misleading. Yeah, I well, I remember. Yeah, ABC. I remember. Was it Eli Stone? We loved Eli Stone. When Jimmy and I were living together, we were we were we TV'd in. We it was one of the few times we actually were watching it at the same time. And it's for season two. They promoted uh, uh, the girl who married Tom Cruise, crazy. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Uh, Katie Holmes. They, they publicized she was going to be on... Uh, and they had her in the previews, and, and then you had to wait like a month for her to show yeah, up. Yeah, she didn't show up for like a month, and you're just like... Well, well I've just had... I, honestly, in the last year, I'd say at least half a dozen times I've watched one of those little previews at the end, and it spoiled something major for the next episode. Oh, Chuck So I've just stopped watching... Yeah, oh, Chuck with the Shaw thing. That's like the so best So I've just ever. stopped watching it all together because I'm tired of being spoiled. I'd so much rather go in completely unknowing anything. I've even stopped yeah. reading every Osceolo comment i call him i read a lot but i don't read them all anymore just because i was getting spoiled too much yeah yeah me too me too and you know what i found last season i read every spoiler and watched every preview and everything about house and i'm finding this year i'm not doing that and i'm actually enjoying the episodes a lot more yep absolutely i should i should do that with a show like choose a show and as an experiment See if you like it better. Yeah. Do it with Game of Thrones. Starts tonight. I don't. Well, by the time this is released, or yeah. it starts a it couple of days ago. It was right. awesome. awesome. I love that part with the sorceress. Yes, that was awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I'll have to. Well, I'll, I won't do it with Game of Thrones. Uh, I'll do it for next season. That way, I'll... or the killing starts tonight as well. Yeah. See, tonight's so busy. I, I'd like to cover Once Upon a Time because it does look like such a big episode. But with The Killing premiering, uh, Game of Thrones premiering, Californication, uh, House of Lies, and Shameless ending, I just feel like I'm not going to have time to, to hit oh, anything. Oh, you mean you didn't have time? I, I mean, I didn't have time, right? I mean, I haven't even watched any of the season of Shameless. Let's I'm going to be okay, marathoning Shameless the for the next This was recorded April 1st, and this is, this is April going Fool's live. Day. April Fool's Day. Basically. Everything we've said is a lie. Everything we said is, yes, right. Right now, this is all a giant April this Fool's This isn't show. the last season of House. Nope. We don't have Barbara Barnett on the line. It's nope. actually Olivia Wilde posing as Barbara Barnett. That's right. Thank you, 13. And, uh, yeah. And Game of Thrones doesn't return for another six months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously, that would piss me off. Because I, I want to watch that show so bad. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. And Bowser Galactic is crap. Not, no. I have not 
seen any of the Game of Thrones episodes at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that cat's out of the bag. Yeah. As everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're... Uh, uh-huh. I do like getting screeners, though. I shouldn't complain about the HD. Yeah, stuff. I got a few of the of the FX ones uh, from uh, for Wilfred and Lily mm-hmm. last season, and they were they were fantastic. It yeah, was, it was especially nice, especially with Wilfred, because I remember I watched it by myself, and I did not find that show enjoyable. Like, I liked the characters, and I liked what it was trying to do, but I didn't find it funny. And then I, I for the so we had it on the podcast, and I showed it to John and Nathan. And they were like cracking up, and then it it, it became I don't it was very weird. It became funny. Wilfred needed multiple viewings. Yeah, yeah, and after and after that, the show became funny to me. I, it was really weird. Like I saw it in a. But, I'm gonna admit right now though, and I'm I am ashamed of this because FX was sending me every episode of things, and my TiVo was full. I still haven't watched five episodes of Louie from last year. <gasps> oh no. And I love Louie. Louie's amazing. It's Did original. Did you watch the episode where he went o- overseas? Yeah, I reviewed Duckling. But I was going to say, yeah. His episodes are so standalone, I went ahead and just skipped to Duckling. I didn't watch the ones leading up to you it. You heartless bastard. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Duckling was amazing, though. Duckling was awesome. Well, uh, we've been talking for an hour, 16 minutes. Uh, uh, I guess we better wrap it up. So, yeah, we better wrap it up. Uh, Barbara, was there anything else you'd like to plug besides blog critics and... Uh, uh, your website where they can, uh, and also Chasing Zebras, anything else beyond that? No, if you, if we can plug those, that's great. Um, you know, if you're a fan of Once Upon a Time, our house, make sure to look me up on blogcritics.org. And uh, I always post my reviews the morning after um, an episode airs. I don't follow lots and lots of shows like Jerome Wessel TV does. But the ones I do, I, I try to get them up the next morning and uh, come on and join the fun. Definitely. Well, we'll have all the links uh, under the show notes uh, over at gbgpodcast.com. There will be links there so you can get – you can it take you right to, to Amazon, get Chasing Zebras. Uh, and, of course, all the links for uh, – uh, so you can get in contact and follow Barbara on the World Wide Web. And BarbaraBarnett.com, uh, B underscore Barnett on Twitter. And for me, JeromeWetzelTV.blogspot.com and at JeromeWetzelTV on Twitter. And TV King? Well, yeah, I also write for the TVKing.com, BlogCreeks.org, and Examiner.com. Yeah, there you go. Okay, you say, Jimmy, you're like a beast. You have like a full range of just... Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, I envy you, man, in that regard. I, uh, I if only I paid the bills. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening for this episode of Jerome Wetzel TV featured on The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what the fuck is that?